Greetings, human beings, and welcome to Apartment 303, a podcast for community fans. My name is Dave, and alongside our co-hosts, Adam and Scott, I would like to thank all of you for joining us and for your continued support in what will somehow already be our seventh episode. If you're joining us now for the first time, welcome. Apartment 303 is still a fairly new podcast where every other Wednesday, we invite you to discuss and debate all things community, attempting to delve into each and every layer of the show, what makes it work, and why we love it. So, without further ado, let me reintroduce Scott and Adam. How's it going, guys? What have you been up to since the last show? Hey, Dave. I actually, you know part of what I did because I came to visit you. uh, I had gone to a wedding of a friend and happened to coincide with a a visit to you uh, and your lovely wife. And we had a pretty good time and hung out and... It was just happened to be a couple of days after my birthday, so got to celebrate that as well. So it was a very nice trip. I have to do a quick shout out of just one of the best gifts I've ever been given in my life, which was a Nalgene bottle, which in and of itself is very useful, but uh, it had been plastered with all sorts of stickers from community lore, and uh, it was just a terrific gift, and I really, really appreciate that. Well, I'm pissed that I wasn't invited to the wedding because I still haven't met Dave in person yet. So thanks. It wasn't Solid. Dave's wedding. I know, but I could have been your plus one. And we oh, I didn't get a plus one. We're not that good of friends. Oh, all right. All right. You know, interesting enough, it was a good thing you were out of town that week because the whole entire West Coast and specifically the Pacific Northwest has been pretty smoky. And if uh, my my voice breaks today, it's partially because I'm going through puberty and also because my, my throat is super dry just from having to uh, sit in it for the last, yeah, for the last week. But biggest thing that's happened for me is Friday. I watched, I rewatched Armageddon with my roommates and uh, I had taken, taken an edible a couple hours beforehand and my mind was blown because I completely forgot Keith David plays like a general in that movie. And so like the community part of me was just like, just flared up in excitement, so. Alrighty then. The plan for today is to finish with a discussion about the classes and professors we would choose as Greendale students. To kick things off, however, We're going to start by catching up on some current events. Community has been in the news quite a lot lately, and I don't even know where to start. Uh, Scott, would you like to take the first crack at it? Yeah, I'd love to kick things off with the announcement of Ludwig Gorison um, getting two Academy Award nominations. Just a a huge achievement for, for someone that had such humble beginnings with this show we love. He's gone on to score things like The Mandalorian, um, I also believe he has a Grammy with uh, Childish Gambino uh, for This Is America. Um, just a huge accomplishment that we uh, want to uh, endorse, and, and we're just so proud. We, we are, and it was the Emmy that he got last night from his work on The Mandalorian. And he'd already gotten an Oscar for doing the score for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And then the 
the Grammy. Excuse me. Oh, I totally messed that whole thing up, but I have it written right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all in all, the Swedes have something to be proud of bef- besides uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. No, he has the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar. So he's just a Tony away from getting his EGOT, which is really interesting because as of yesterday, uh, that puts him in the same class with musical mastermind Trent Reznor. So damn, uh, certainly just in this one specific context, of course, but uh, certainly just a tremendous accolades. And it it shows in his work on community that they got the right guy and that Dan Harmon has just a terrific eye for talent and that whole crew did everywhere you look you can't help but find someone from community is involved in something really special and you know i just realized like this news came out a week or so after we did our episode on music yeah how about that even mention ludwig by name and that's just a a grievous oversight of course on our part yeah you know that also just speaks to the quality of what is going on in the show, musically speaking. So, yeah, congratulations to Ludwig. Congratulations to everyone who was nominated, but certainly as it pertains to our interest in our podcast to the, the community fandom. For sure. A couple other things came up recently here, too, and we'll, we'll pair those together. Both Joel McHale and Yvette Nicole Brown had, on separate occasions in different interviews, said that they were pretty encouraged at the likelihood of a community movie coming to fruition. Joel's exact quote was from from the Jimmy Fallon show saying, you know, there's a good chance, I think, because on the Zoom, everyone got asked and Donald said he would do it. And he's Mm -hmm. the busiest man in show business. All of that, of course, contingent upon Dan Harmon writing it. And uh, Yvette Nicole Brown actually added to that saying, it's always been about scheduling and never about desires. Mm -hmm. As soon as Dan writes it or one of the other great writers writes it, Mm -hmm. we can all find a time in our calendar where everyone can set aside a month to do it. A hundred percent we would do it is what she had said. The news though, like has been her saying like it is like a hundred percent happening though. It's like kind of been the headline headlining news, which is so exciting that, you know, we went from starting this year to like, complete spec it was completely speculation you know um to getting the you know the table read and and now this like these guys are doubling down on on this on the momentum of of this movie actually happening so yeah and and you know what yvette actually went on to say something else and i want to get your perspective on this because in the eight in the interview a little bit later on she was asked oh well would you do this show again would you record episodes of community would you record season seven basically mm-hmm. and her response was not as it was originally done not as it was originally shot but would be amenable to do something similar to how they did in arrested development where they were just focusing on one character at a time and i wanted to get your thought that does take us into the area of speculation again would you have any interest in watching something along those lines my initial reaction is no. I feel a lot of uh, resistance to that because my my initial thoughts are like what makes the group the group is them being together. And I don't know if I 
and you know like of course there's always the a b and sometimes c stories that they go off on but for the most part they're always like grouped together and i don't know i have some yeah i have some reservations about it being done that way um what, what were your feelings I, I tend to agree with you. I think it would be an interesting way to start off the movie would be to examine each person individually for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that's a potential interesting way to start off the movie. Yeah. Because if you if you think about that's actually where the pilot begins, shows each of them in isolation listening to the dean. So it'd be kind of a nice nod or, you know, having the conversation go full circle in a way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, certainly not a, a season seven done like that. I don't think would be, that's not how I would want to see the group. Again, it could also be interesting for some of the minor characters checking in on them individually it could be kind of fun too, but again, not for a full season. And like to your point about them being isolated and alone, that's kind of how the show ended, you know, them going off right. on their, their own way. But also when you brought up the arrested development format, is part of the reason I also want to resist it. Cause I, I personally don't like the later seasons quite it. It, they're just not the same, you know, one through three is like some of the best television out there. Yeah. I, I thought feel it was like... actually an interesting, Oh, sorry to cut you off there, but I thought that was an interesting comparison because most folks, I think tend to agree with you that that's not the version of arrested development that they like. My question to you in the light of the movie getting some attention and me having to I feel like I've had to defend season six on on Twitter the last couple weeks and someone to has the, to do it I'm glad that you're taking that mantle <laughs> yeah. uh, you know doing God's work out there what are your thoughts on the Frankie and Elroy and uh, Buzz Hickey in terms of them showing back up in the movie yeah what what would you think of like Let's say Frankie and Elroy have like zero involvement. How would you feel about that? I think that would be a missed opportunity to not have Elroy and Frankie. They, they, I would certainly want them involved. Uh, I think it could be really interesting. There's a fascinating vacuum left when Troy is gone that Frankie really kind of zeroes in on and, and tries to figure out why they like him so much. So for those two to actually meet could mm-hmm. be a really cool component to the the study group's next chapter i'd really like that and i just yeah if if you're asking me if i want more or less keith david i'm going to tell you i want more every single time (laughs) keith david is getting all the attention today um i yeah i i i tend to agree exactly think about how frankie honed in on, on on donald um or on troy being absent and how that was such a how it left such a big hole in the group's heart, you know? Um, good point. So I guess the last thing in the news here, and this is kind of just a fun little side bit here, is that Danny Pudi had spoken, and I can't remember to whom or what publication, about his role, his brief cameo that he had in Captain America Winter Soldier. And basically he just said that uh, Joe Russo had texted him to say, hey, do you want to be in this project? And didn't specify anything about it. Real hush-hush. <laughs> And all of a sudden, Danny, on the 4th of July weekend, like he's with his family and they just, you know, leave the parade, go to this place, meet Joe Russo. And he gets a sh- couple sheets of dialogue to be in an Avengers movie, which is awesome. If the story ended there, that would be incredible. 
Yeah. But actually, uh, Danny revealed that there is a scene that got cut that's not in the movie where he actually takes a punch from Cap. Oh, they need to add that in. They have to. I think to. so. This is like the, the Snyder cut of Justice League. We need this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to let that one sit because uh, I completely disagree. I don't need anything more Snyder. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. That's to, fine. That's yeah, fine. It was but, just good to see that Abed, even though Abed, you know, pooped his pants on the set of Cougar Town, that Danny Pudi can take a punch from an Avenger. So it's, it's it, good to see he's not his character. Yeah, yeah. The the fans have to start demanding for this. Um, yeah, I feel we like do. We, we need to start a movement, not only hashtag and a movie, hashtag show. Release the punch cut. Release the punch I cut. I wonder, actually, I wonder if he got kick punched. <laughs> nice. Uh, awesome, awesome. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm going to take a look now at some of the professors and classes Greendale has to offer. We were talking about how we wanted to look at question of best professors, and I want to pitch it to you guys like this. If you guys were freshmen at Greendale, which courses would you be taking? Which professors would you be looking for, looking to dodge? Things of that nature. I really like that premise, and Scott and I have done a little bit of research here. We've looked at the academic catalog, come up with a couple different classes that we might like to take or, mm-hmm. you know, might like to, to your point, might want to avoid. Some of them I might want to avoid based on the professor, but the content is actually there. So I'll, I'll start off, and we'll bounce back and forth here, Scott. Sure. I would take Spanish 101 with Senior Chang. And I say this for a couple of different reasons. Number one is because I actually own the textbook Dos Mundos and have started (laughs) using it to study my Spanish. And it's, I originally looked it up because I thought it was a prop. Dos Mundos translates literally in English to two worlds. And I thought that that might have been like- Thank you for the translation. Yeah, well, hey, you know, not everyone here speaks the language, okay? So- (laughs) Back off, or speaks the Changwich, I suppose. The Changwich, yeah. So I looked it up to see, okay, are they teasing at the Mach UN episode where there's Earth 1 and Earth 2? Like, that level of brilliance would not be lost on Dan Harmon in my eyes. No, it wouldn't. Turns out it's just a textbook, and uh, lately I've been getting my Espanol on. So I, I think that would be my first three credits at Greendale. That's kind of the why behind it. Obviously, Senior Chang is insane, and I wonder how well I would, A, learn Spanish, or B, how well I would do in his class. But I certainly think, because he's the only Spanish teacher, that he and I would have crossed paths at one point. One thing I want to touch on first is we started this exercise based on there is actual Greendale Community College section on RateMyProfessors.com. And the fact that you picked Benjamin Chang's class um, when he has, I think, the lowest. The, he is yeah, the he, lowest rated, yes. Yeah, he is the lowest rated professor 
on that, but you just full all in, just, you already have the textbook. You might as well take the class. Yeah. Funny enough, I did take Spanish when I was at uh, community college um, in Ventura, and that was our textbook. No way it was. Dos Mundos, yeah. I took it over the summer, and I think the only reason the teacher let me pass was because I showed up to every class, and because I I don't remember a thing there. So that's no slander against the textbook, but that was my experience of taking, you know, foreign language course in the manner of six weeks. Like you're not, that's not deep learning in my opinion. I like the exercise of picking something that you're interested in, but I think I actually picked a lot of my classes in college based on like, you know, is this a requirement or. Oh, sure. And do they have a good rating on rate my professors? And it depends on when we look at this too. Cause I feel like there's a case to be made that Ian Duncan is actually a good teacher. Yeah. Um, so I would probably take intro to psych, but if we're talking about season one, Ian Duncan, that's probably when I would want to take it. If we're talking about the later seasons when he's like really an alcoholic, pretty much an active alcoholic, I'm not so sure, but it's a three credit course might be able to get something out of it. Hopefully. Uh, did, were there any comments on Benjamin Chang that stood out to you? <laughs> yeah, Back I will. To... I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I was actually looking it up as you were speaking there. And there's some, I'll, I'll share one good positive review and one review that was a little bit more on the negative side. The, the best comment that he's gotten from anyone, which says, El Tigre was the best Spanish teacher ever. He should have taught at Princeton. Do you think he wrote that himself? Uh, I don't think he had to. I think he got uh, catfished into that, probably. And, and then one of the critical reviews was that he didn't even speak the right language. So hard to argue with either of those points. His overall rating was 2.3 out of 5. So that's, again, to your point, Scott, when I was picking classes in undergrad, I would have avoided a 2.3 out of 5 professor. Oh, yeah. Unless they had the hot pepper next to him yeah that was a thing that's definitely gone away and it's, you know yeah. i'm not saying it was right for me to have done that but that's actually a good segue <laughs> into one of the next classes uh that i would have taken which is statistics and certainly jeff winger would agree that that that, that particular professor slater would have had that little chili pepper on the side there so for me, statistics, I, I've always been interested in statistics, and I think there's an inherent interest as someone who's played baseball and has mm-hmm. really loved that sport for a long time. You just appreciate all these minutia of statistics, but then taking that to a more mathematical level. So I've taken, at this point in my life, four or five different stats classes, at least uh, two at the graduate level. So that's definitely a class I would have been interested to take and for all we can tell, based on, again, based on Rate My Professors, this is not a paid advertisement for them. <laughs> this is free, believe it or not. But Slater actually has the best quality rating out of everyone. She's got a 4.8. And again, the only critical component of, of, of her, the only reason why she's probably not a 5 out of 5 on on her uh, professor rating is that she's always occupied with one specific student. So yeah, that's Mm. the only knock on her. 
And she Someone talks about the Bernoulli like- distribution. So that's some of the most academically rigorous language we hear in the entire <laughs> run of this show. Um, I'm glad you brought the rating, the higher ratings up because there is, there are two other teachers with higher ratings. Uh, one of them I don't actually think is a teacher at Greendale, but the other is Corey Radisson. Oh, Mr. Rad. Mr. Rad. The ratings speak to how awesome the fandom is. Because I feel like the the Glee sector would have been so so driven to make sure Corey Radisson had a high rating that like they would have done what they needed to to make sure like anyone ha- that gave him a poor rating was taken down or like sought out, bullied after, just because we know like Mr. Rad was not that rad, unfortunately. No, he wasn't. And one of the comments here for Mr. Rad is that they loved the loved the class. He's really great. Regionals changed my life. He even got a super cheap bus for our next trip. Oh my god! <laughs> but again, um, like to your point, that really does highlight how next level these these people are. These yeah. crazy our fanatics. people exactly. We're we're our among people. them. I would have been sharing statistics with you. Uh, especially in my later college years when I, I had switched majors from secondary education with U.S. history to computer science, I would have had to take it a couple. Statistics would have fit into my schedule. Um, intro to psych would have fit in when I was a history major. And so would I, have... Go ahead. Well, I, was saying, I, don't, I don't necessarily mean to cut you off, but I also had introduction to psychology in my schedule here. And I actually had almost gotten a minor in psychology in undergrad i was probably only about two classes short but kind of prioritized graduating in four years rather than pursuing a minor so i definitely would have had content interest there uh but if we're being honest you know you're there to hear john oliver speak and that's one of my favorite pastimes in, in in real life today so i could certainly make the case that i would want to do that at greendale and I'll say, too, I, one of my favorite classes that I actually did end up taking in undergrad was called Critical Perspectives on the Human Body. And it was one of my favorite classes. The content was good, but also because we had a visiting professor from New Zealand. And Andy Granger, if you are listening to this, you are not forgotten, my friend. <laughs> uh, very well-taught class. But to listen to him speak was just a joy. And that's probably a terrible reason to actually take a class. But I'm not going to apologize for it. It was it was awesome. I enjoyed it a great deal. And, and fun fact is that uh, old Andy actually knew the guys from Flight of the Concords. They grew up in the same town. Wow. That's, All right. So that's that's three of my classes. Let you get you back up to speed here. All right. Uh, my third class on my list is poli sci, for two reasons. Because the name of the professor is Professor Cligaris which is just amazing. I I would pin this as a three credit course. Oh yeah. Professor Cligoris. Or Cligoris. uh, Either pronunciation is correct. (laughs) Either pronunciation is correct. Played by Martin Starr. He has played a lot of teacher roles, or at least like that two to come to mind is this role in community. And then, wow, let's let's bounce back into the MCU because he plays a teacher in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. So there you go. 
yeah, he came off as a, a professor that's actually passionate about, you know, the subject. He is the Definitely. He- head of uh, the U- uh, UN club. Yeah. Yeah. He leads the UN club. So he's passionate about the subject. And I don't know. I took a politi- poli sci course. And interesting enough, my teacher was totally dispassionate, didn't care about anyone in the class. And, you know, it was a 7.30 a.m. class, but just sure. no, 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 no excitement, no passion for the class. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't have a great experience with that. But would we have had that together? We would not have had that one together. That's not on my list here. And, and I departed ways uh, a little bit with one that... Uh, I had to do a little bit of digging and research to figure out what it was called exactly. And I still don't know the professor's name, but this was the one class that Abed took with Britta and Annie and Shirley. It's feminist representations in media. That was from the episode where Jeff and Troy find the trampoline. Ah, So like I said, I don't know the professor, but that episode where, Abed also turns into RoboCop, mm-hmm. which is really funny. Um, <laughs> and I encourage everyone to pause that at different times to see th- there's a lot of detail that goes into what's on his periphery and in his robo vision. But again, so feminist representation in media, I actually have published work in this discipline. And I, it's, I, I'm not going to promote exactly what it's called. You can look it up if you want. But it, it examines Sports Illustrated and ESPN magazine covers as they portray femininity over like a, a 20 or 30 year time frame. So it was really interesting. And again, something uh, about your which I'm passionate. Paper? Yeah, it is. And I guess I didn't share that with you until now. So surprise. Surprise. Yeah, I would love to read that. <laughs> Absolutely. And so my claim to fame is that I actually have published an academic paper that references Bill Murray specifically. Is there, do we have time for you to break down what context that is? <laughs> he was on the cover of one of the Sports Illustrated magazines when he was golfing. All right. All right. Full on Caddyshack. Yeah. Full on Caddyshack indeed. So yeah, I definitely would have taken that class with, uh, with, with the girls in Abed and would have enjoyed that. And plus, you had Hillary Duff in the class. Hillary Duff was in the class too. Sure, mm-hmm. she would have um, been too mean to me, though. I might have left. Might have dropped that one. I wish I would have thought of that. I I kind of stuck to the script of like just looking at the rate my professors, um, classes, and I, I, I had to give you something to think about. Yeah, you definitely did. The closest thing to that I took, uh, my freshman year at. IUN, which is Indiana University Northwest, I took a African-American women's literature course. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. Really insightful class. And uh, we read a couple different really interesting books. I I could not name specifics off the top of my head, but I still own a few of them. It's not a shining endorsement, Scott. (laughs) This was how many years ago? <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud because that's just going to make me sad. But yeah, that was a, that's a good pick and good deep dive on, on the show. And you ended up taking in the neighborhood of what it was is around 16 credit hours, you said? Yeah, I put down 16. Just, you know, if I'm going to be going to school as a full-time student, like I'm, I'm going to be trying to get all these classes done. And yeah, you're going to go full winger on it full winger on it, doubling up, making up my own, 
making up uh, some night classes and whatever I got to do. This uh, next class has no bearing on anything I majored in, but he actually has a pretty good rating. I rate my professor, so I, I figure why not? Uh, and it's Intro to Law with Jeff Winger. And uh, Jeff has a shining <laughs> endorsement rating of 3.8, which I Level feel of difficulty like... is only 1.4 as well. Oh, wow. So you just, do you even have to show up? What do you think the baseline for his classes, like showing up or like writing your name? On like I these think, exams? yeah, I think if you wanted to embody the ultimate Jeff Winger blow off class, it ends up not being the one that doesn't exist, but it's the one that he teaches. Um, so to that point, I think if you just occasionally emailed him, you could get a, a good grade in there. Yeah, um, which is perfect for me. With my 16 credit load, having that blow off class probably makes this more of like a 13 credit um, semester. So, Def. you know, I think I'm setting myself up for success. Also, as mentioned, Winger would have uh, the pepper next to his name. No, there's no doubt. Even yeah. his shadow. Yeah. Oh, his shadow. Um, yeah. What's next on your course? And yeah, I... what, what, what was your total? What's your total credit? Right in the same ballpark there. Yeah, three, excuse me, five classes that I would have estimated at three credits and then one total blow-off class uh, that would have probably just been one credit. And that's, of course, forsaking the class that Abed takes, the two-day crash course on whether or not Nicolas Cage is a good actor. I think I think that should be compulsory if you go to Greendale. You have to take that class. That's your blow-off class that you would pick? Um, either that one or the class with coach Bogner, the art of pool, which is a physical education class, of course. <laughs> so Ooh. that probably would have been the one that was like blow off steam. I have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for those classes. Actually, when I was a teaching assistant, I taught, uh, I taught a class on training for the 5k and training for the half marathon. So I do enjoy those life skill, physical education classes at the college level. I think everyone ought to take one. The last real class I would have taken would have been accounting 101 for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think in a, in a different life, I am an accountant. I may or may not be totally, completely in love with, with Microsoft Excel. My happy place is spreadsheets, and I think I would have done well as an accountant. But, you know, kind of the, the total dichotomy of that is that Professor Eustace Whitman taught it. Like right. he was in Dead Poets Society. <laughs> and I actually would have benefited from living a little bit more like that in undergrad rather than, you know, the laser focus, anxiety riddled, checklist oriented undergrad that I was. I completely think that they should have a course on like just presence and just kind of self awareness in high school or college. And they should have things like that involved in in doing like mental exercises like med meditation and um i don't know i feel like that's so undersold and we don't we don't talk about or look into these things until you know we either have like issues or wow i'm really going off here you know you got serious that's that's good i appreciate <laughs> that and, and i think that greendale already has a perfect professor who could cover that class which yeah. would be the i believe it's professor marion holly is that the name of the teacher who um, Tony Hale plays 
in the pottery class. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did we cover Marion or sorry, Tony Hale, a being in the show? Cause we talked about on a previous episode, we've talked about uh, characters from different shows or sitcoms appearing on community. Did we even gloss over the fact that Tony Hale was on the show? I don't believe that came up. No, but he does play a substantially different character than Buster from Arrested Development. So I, I that yeah. might be why. Why do you think beginner pottery with Marion Holly would embrace that? Oh, I just think that he's the type of teacher who could also then teach your mindfulness class. Oh, he, okay. He refers to his students as blueberries. And I think that is a very <laughs> telling sign that he's on, on the, the hippy dippy side and could certainly handle that. All right, so I have one more serious course, uh, and that's uh, Biology 101. I would have needed a science elective for actual computer science. What biology has to do with that, who the hell knows? But Marshall Kane, I feel like he was endorsed well as a, as a serious teacher that actually cares, again, cares about his subject, unlike the other riffraff <laughs> yeah, I, teachings I think, that go on at Greendale. <laughs> yeah, I think you can make a very compelling case that he's the best teacher at Greendale from top yeah. to bottom, anywhere that we come across. And I, I think that uh, Professor Clagoris would also be second, in a pretty distant second too, because Marshall Kane, he's he's very serious about biology. Yeah, he's tied with Michelle Slater. On, oh on yeah, their, there you go on the ratings. So. Yeah, we have, in order, it's Corey Radisson, Ashley Parks, which I have no idea who that is. Me neither. I couldn't even okay. figure out with context here. I I could, I could did a Google search, and I did, like, a community wiki search. Nothing. So I don't know if that was, like, a prank or if there's, like, some hidden fandom thing I don't know about. But Corey Radisson and Ashley Parks are tied with 5.0 ratings followed by Michelle Slater and Marshall Kane, both tied at 4.8. Martin Kligoris at 4.2, tied with Marianne Holly with another 4.2. So I don't think I would have taken beginner pottery, despite your assessment that he could have taught like a mindfulness present class. I, I feel like I now am missing out um, on the semester already. I tell you what, I took, I took a pottery class one time and it was terrible. It's funny, there was... The class wasn't actually terrible, but my pottery teacher also had just one rule, and it wasn't no ghosting. It was don't throw clay, and inevitably, <laughs> I threw clay one day, and it was seriously the only day the entire quarter that he came out, and I apologized profusely, and I got a B- minus in that class because he never forgot that I broke the one rule from <laughs> his class. So you, you didn't ghost anybody? I didn't ghost anyone, no. But I nearly became a ghost because this man was notorious back in the day for getting rowdy and clearing out a bar if he felt like it. He could have torn me limb from limb if he wanted. Damn. That's a beginner pottery professor you don't want to mess with. I would have taken marine biology. And this is me thinking back to my Ventura college days which is on the coast and actually does have a Marine next to it. So that would have been like actually useful for me, but we're talking about being, you know, in landlocked Colorado. So, you know, it's a good thing. Troy took that course now that I think about it. Yeah, it is. He, he graduated from the SS nose candy to the childish tycoon. Yeah, there you go. I also think <laughs> Lee Slaughter, is that how you pronounce it? 
um, yeah, he came off as a, another teacher that, um, doesn't have the typical Greendale shenanigans and actually is teaching a course there. Um, the most difficult hurdle for him is to get his students to stop laughing at the word semen. So that would have been a difficult hurdle for me as, um, you might not have passed that class guy. Yeah. Damn. Now that I think about it. Well, that's, that's really all I had on my schedule, um, which I now realize is extended to like a 18 credit schedule, but dude, I'm just so happy that we're at Greendale. Yeah, um, it is. And I can't appreciate enough the, the community fandom for taking the time to do this and to put this in a place where people seriously look to plan their schedule and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, paying homage more than making it a farce. Uh, it was so enjoyable I, I felt like a little kid when when we found this treasure trove yeah and i appreciate both scott and dave for posing the question in this way i think it's a really cool way to look at the professors of greendale all right let's leave it there for today we would like to take this time to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and invite you to join us in our next episode where we will be fully embracing the spirit of the season with halloween shenanigans and the help of a very special guest Jen from the Community Rewatch podcast. Apartment 303 is now available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any suggestions or want to collaborate, our email address is apt303pod at gmail.com. For Adam and Scott, this is Dave signing off. We will see you in episode eight.